welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Let's pray. We'll get right into this. Father, we're asking that the rest of this service would be everything you want it to be. Open our eyes. Show us wonderful things out of your word. Lord, as we look to your word tonight and hear the words we're going to hear, we're asking that you would just, in a living way, speak to our hearts about what we're reading, about what we're talking about. Help these words tonight to become applicable to every area of our life. Make them real to us. May the light bulb go on. Show us things beyond ink and paper. Help us to see the living word, Jesus Christ, as we study your written word tonight. Thank you, Father. You know all the pains, all the hurts, all the questions, and all the problems. And you and your word are the total answer to all of them. Thank you. May your word come forth boldly tonight as it ought to. Help us all to be excellent listeners and doers of the word in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Father. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 24. Now, I mentioned this series a while back, to be exact, Sunday, May 30th, 2021. I mentioned that we would be sharing a series on the title that I'm going to give you in a minute. And so I do believe the timing is right. Now, you know, we'll probably share it again later in our church's history or years from now or months from now. But right now I had a a peace and a freedom from the Lord to share something with you that is a little deeper than maybe an average sermon or an average series. And so I just figured that if you come to church on a Wednesday night, in the pouring rain, then you are deep sheep. You can handle some deep things, right? Uh, you wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night, right? In, in the midst of torrential rain. And, but you're here. And, and it shows that your priorities are really cool, really wonderful. And, and we know people watching online, there's some people who cannot be here. And thank God for the ability to reach you online. And so thank you for watching too, because you could be doing something else tonight too. You could be watching Star Trek or something. But you're not. And you can watch Star Trek later. Nothing wrong with Star Trek. But right now, you're putting God first. And I believe that's one of the reasons I'm able to share some of these deeper things. Because the people that are here are ready for it. You know, I just can't share everything I feel like sharing. People, I have to have an okay from the Lord. Oh, just flop on the ground. And so I believe I've got an okay to do this. So before I give you the title, look at Proverbs chapter 24. Back to the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, and let's read verse 10. I used to not like this scripture, but um, I've grown up. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I want to talk to you about deliverance, or you could say victory, through growing up. How many of you know you can get victory through a prayer? 
But have you ever found out a lot of times if you get victory through a prayer, people don't maintain that victory for the rest of their life because there's some growing up that needs to happen if you want to stay free. Getting free is wonderful. Staying free is super wonderful. The Bible talks about us as believers not being entangled again in the yoke of bondage. A lot of people get free, but because of lack of solid teaching, because of lack of being challenged in church, because of lack of hearing sermons they don't want to hear, they get in bondage again because they never developed and matured in faith, in love, in fruits of the Spirit. And then when the attack came back and a counterattack from the enemy came or the flesh rose up or whatever, they went back into bondage because you can't live on miracles. Now, God is a father. We are his children. There's two things that every parent really desires for their children. Number one, that they're healthy. And number two, that they grow and develop properly. Are you following? How many think it's a very important thing that your children grow? You know what I'm talking about? Spiritually, our Father God has two really big things in store for us and wants us, wants in our lives, and He'll help it to happen if we yield to Him. He wants us healthy and He wants us growing up spiritually. You know what I mean? Things that used to make you afraid, you laugh at today. Things that used to make you buckle into sin, you laugh and joyfully overcome those things when those temptations come. People that used to tick you off and get on your nerves, you could handle 10 times as much today than you could five or 10 years ago. How many think growing up spiritually is a really, really good thing? But because there is a devil and because there are demons and because they're not in the lake of fire yet and they're still in the atmosphere, they're going to try to stunt our spiritual progress in God. They are constantly trying to keep us wah-wah babies. Complaining about every little pain, complaining about, uh, you know, uh, uh, leaders they don't agree with or, or whatever. The devil wants you and I to stay wah-wah babies. And we're going to grow up. We're going to mature spiritually. I believe these teachings are going to help us. Now, how many of you realize hearing these teachings isn't all you need to grow up? Just like reading a manual on how to be a stronger person physically, that's not, you're going to have to go to the gym. Right? You're going to have to resist some things. You're going to have to push some things away from if you want to develop. No pain, no gain. Spiritually speaking, it's the same way. And one thing I want to say to you right up front, now you'll be hearing me say this a few times during these messages, is this. We don't mature simply by reason of time. We mature by reason of suffering. You like that one? Uh, can you all just say amen by faith? <laughs> now, let me make it real clear right off the bat. There's different kinds of suffering. All right? There's suffering in the area of growing up and developing in your character and spiritually, uh, just with learning to not get your own way all the time, uh, dealing with unlovely people, being nice when somebody's not nice to you, submitting to the will of God when you want to do something else, uh, resisting temptation. These are all areas of suffering we can't get away from if we want to grow in God. But there's another whole batch of sufferings that we do not have to go through. Jesus went through it for us. 
He bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases and by his gashes we were healed. We do not have to go through that. I didn't say you wouldn't go through some of that, but I'm telling you, we don't have to. As we grow and develop in the Lord, you'll find out more and more how not to go through that suffering and to be more acceptable to the suffering that builds character. We do not have to suffer sickness. We do not have to suffer disease. We do not have to suffer fear. We do not have to suffer lack and poverty and depression. These things the Lord took upon himself for us. And what we need to do in those areas is put our foot down and say, get away from me. I refuse these things that Christ bore for me. But seeing he did bear that suffering for us and we can stand against that junk and say, no, you don't. That doesn't mean there's no suffering in the Christian walk that you should welcome. Uh Oh, <laughs> let me give you a couple examples. Timothy, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So what's the only way you're not going to suffer like that? Live an ungodly life. All right? Because all that live godly shall suffer persecution. Another way you're going to suffer, and you don't run away from this kind of suffering, is the Bible says the definition of love is love suffers long. So if you're going to grow in love, you're going to have to accept some suffering as a normal way of life and developing in God. Now let me tell you this before you go tilt, um, unless you've already gone tilt. <laughs> But let me, let me just say this. The Bible says that Jesus Christ himself was perfected through the things that he suffered. And we immediately think, you know, him suffering on the cross and being crucified and spikes going through his wrist and feet. But really, a lot of the suffering the Lord did was he was yielding his will hour by hour to the will of the Father. And you can see it in the Garden of Gethsemane where he said, Father, let, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You can see he's being pulled. He's being tempted. Maybe to take a shortcut or whatever. And he resisted that. And he submitted himself. And he developed and he was perfected through the things he suffered. Anybody interested in... Now, the word perfected means maturing or becoming complete. Anybody interested in maturing? Then you need to start getting interested in this little word, word called suffering. Not disease, not sickness. Stand against that junk. Resist it in the name of Jesus. But some of these other things, if you want to develop, you're going to have to take Paul's advice to Timothy. You want to know what he said? Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. One of the number one areas we're going to be suffering as we're growing spiritually is getting our way less and less. You know what I mean? You really want to do something, but you just found out from the Bible or from the Lord speaking through a sermon or to your heart directly, he wants you to do something else. Sometimes, sometimes the most painful thing is to say no to you. And yes to him. <laughs> Moving right along. So let's read this again. Let's read Proverbs 24 and verse 10 again. If you faint or give up or lose heart in the day of adversity, you know, when it gets tough, when challenges come your way, if you faint, what, what, what's going on? Well, 
the devil's just so big and bad, Pastor. Or, or, or the problems coming against me are just too big and bad. No, how about your strength is small? I mean, does it really need to get easier? Or do you just need to get stronger? Does it really need to get warmer? Or do you just need to put on a coat? Do you want to curse the cold? Or put on a nice warm jacket? Well, you look way more respectable not cursing the cold. Just put on a jacket. Is it really, is it really that, that mind-boggling or do you just need to be a little smarter? <laughs> um, okay, so we're not going for a bunch of amens tonight in this service. And that's good. I'd rather your gears turn and it sink in than just say amen out of a spontaneity. But say amen too because I like that. Um, so let's say you got problems in your life. Let's say you got some problems, adversities. Maybe you're battling an addiction, or maybe there's a fear situation, or or maybe a, a, you know, it's just not doing well socially, or dealing with people. Let's say you got a problem. All right. Did you ever? Did you ever think about? Did you ever think about growing stronger than the problem? Instead of just always wanting bailed out. Did you ever think about growing stronger than the problem? And you'll, as you read the scriptures, you're going to find all through the scriptures that there are things you and I can do to grow stronger every day spiritually. Actually, this scripture says uh, not fainting in the day of adversity is a matter of you being stronger. And the Bible tells you things to do to get stronger. So really, overcoming in the day of adversity is a choice. To do the things the Lord said to do, so you're not less than you should be. Now, I, I titled this, and I'm going to give you the title of this now. I thought it would be appropriate to title this series, Deliverance Through Growing Up. Did I already say that? Or Victory Through Growing Up. Did they already put the graphic up there? Yeah. So, to see the chains are broken. And, and that the, the analogy here is it didn't just come through a bailout prayer. We believe in prayer. We believe prayer can set people free, break chains, get people the victory, and we will pray. We prayed last Sunday. All kinds of people got the victory here a few days ago at this altar. I sense the presence of God strong. And we know that people get free, but growing up, Developing spiritually has a lot to do with staying free. You know, not being entangled again with that yoke of bondage. So did you ever think about growing stronger than the problem? Yeah. What's better? No storm or a strong house that can weather it all? Right? I mean, what, what's better? What's better? No storm our peace in the midst of the storm. Right. See, a lot of times we think vanishing of problems is everything. Well, listen, there's some problems that aren't going to vanish. Did you know there's some things we can't pray that won't happen that Jesus said would happen in the last days? Did you know there's some things we can't change like in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. 
I can't change that. It's going to happen. You know, Jesus said in the end times, he said, now he said, he said, when you're getting close to the end, there's going to be an increase in escalation of epidemics, earthquakes, famine. We can't change that. But here's the good news. It doesn't have to happen to us. Because his promises are still true when the skies are blue. His promises that no evil shall befall you nor any plague come near your dwelling. That's still true no matter how many, how many epidemics are flying around. The blood has not lost its power. And if you believe in the blood of Jesus, you believe you're covered by the blood, you can walk clean and free. And in the midst of all kinds of epidemics. I mean, why, why would the Lord tell us through Psalm 91? Listen, there's coming a time. A thousand people may fall at your side with whatever's going on. Ten thousand may fall at your right hand, but it won't come near you. Now, if you want to know who the you is that he's talking about, read the first two verses of Psalm 91. Because that's who he's talking about. So, What's the problem, according to the verse? Could you please put it back on the screen? What's the problem, according to Proverbs 24? What, what's the problem? If you faint in the day of adversity, what's the problem? So what's the answer? Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. Now, I don't want to floor you too bad with all this, but some of the best advice you and I will ever get in our entire life is grow up. Yep. <laughs> now, <laughs> I was, you know, years ago I was struggling with stuff like you struggle with stuff and, and uh, just believe in God for this and that. And, and uh, there was one time the Lord just made it very clear to me, he, not audibly, just like he talks to all of you on the inside. When you're reading the Bible, you hear his voice, you know, you hear a sermon, you know, he's talking to your heart. It's more than just audible words or ink on paper. He spoke this to me. He said, Son, concerning this certain thing in your life, you just need to grow up and stop it. I'm thinking I need this major deliverance, this major prayer. And we believe in deliverance. We believe in casting out demons. We believe in casting demons off of people. We believe in prayer. We believe in chains breaking. But there's some things you'll not get except through growing up. And I remember one time he said, son, just grow up and stop it. I'm thinking like, Lord, you gave me a low blow. <laughs> Can I have a nice little comforting word from my father? He said, this is a helpful word. A lot of people who are struggling with addictions don't want to hear this, but here's exactly what they need. Grow up and stop it. Now, why would the Lord say that to you unless he saw some kind of potential in you you don't even see in yourself? You don't say that to babies who can't do it. He only says that to people he knows who can do it. It's just they haven't heard the right words. They've been getting too much, you know, uh, what I want to hear counsel, I guess. If you really want to get help in life, here's some counsel you don't want to hear. Yeah. You, know, you know what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs? It says, as iron sharpens iron, you know, sparks flying, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Sometimes people don't get real. Some people are just dull because they run away from all this stuff that's supposed to be helping them to become sharper and more effective in life. And well, that's uncomfortable. Goodbye. You know, the more you grow in the Lord, the more you stay in situations that you feel like leaving. This is getting too uncomfortable. I'm just going to get up and walk out. Just, you know, they, they hear somebody, I haven't seen some things on programs recently. Just, there's, there's people speaking, you know, and, 
and sharing their heart and, and speaking. And some people just get so mad, they plug their ears and just walk out. Government officials, you know, supposed to be examples of respect and honor, pounding on desks when somebody's speaking. It's like you want to go, uh, grow up. Please get out of politics. <laughs> grow up a little. Kids are seeing that. Kids are going to think, now, our kids won't think that because we'll tell our kids that's not what you do. That's somebody who's not mature yet does. So, um, turn with me to another scripture in Galatians 4. And I want to give you a little personal testimony as you turn in there about deliverance through growing up. I, I gave you kind of a general, uh, not non-specific example there, but... There was a time in my life, I lived in La Crescenta, California. I grew up there. We moved from Waukegan, Illinois. I, you know, I, I was born in Waukegan, Illinois. But at one year old, I decided to get on a train and move to Southern California. And so from two years old till about the fourth grade, I lived in Southern California in a place called La Crescenta, California, which is about 20 miles or so north of L.A., and we lived there, my family lived there, nine, my two siblings, my mom and dad, we all lived there. And um, I don't know, I think I was probably about six or seven years old. And there's something that really scared me. <laughs> and it was a commercial. You know, there were TVs back then, by the way. I'm not that old. Um, there was a commercial that came out. It was actually a Ham's beer commercial with a bear on there and some kind of a kettle drum that you know African drum just and the song was like boom 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 and this and this bear would come out and it'd be this hams beer commercial and for some reason that scared me bad when I would hear that boom 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 nobody's getting scared are you okay because I'll stop. Anyway, I heard this boom, boom, boom. And I would run out of the living room, down the hall, into my bedroom. And I would just hide out in my room. And my mom would come back and say, oh, Johnny, it'll be all right. But boom, 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 boom. And I want to tell you something. Today, I have been delivered from that. <laughs> you want to praise God with me? <laughs> I've been delivered. You want to know how it happened? I grew up. <laughs> I really didn't need a prayer of deliverance as a six, seven-year-old boy. I needed to grow up. And I can honestly say, through growing up, I'm actually laughing at that time in my life. What used to really, really scare me because of growing up, now I laugh at. Well, that progression never stops. Whatever's making you and me cry or afraid right now, in a few years from now, you could turn around and start laughing at that thing and telling a joke like I'm telling you right now as you're witnessing to other people. What used to make you fearful and affrighted, you're like, oh, I can't believe that made me afraid. I can't believe demons made me afraid. I can't believe darkness made me afraid. I can't believe grasshoppers made me afraid. <laughs> Bees, wasps, whatever. But you can grow out of that. Say this, I can grow out of anything. A lot of times in some of these areas, you have two options. Number one, you can get your own way. Or number two, 
you can grow to the next level of success by enduring a few things that are uncomfortable. I mean, think about it. You can, you can get your own way, bail out, get your own way, go down the easy road, get your own way. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to go away. I don't really want to go because I want to get to the next level. Yeah. You ever hear the expression, going to the next level? Let's go to the next level. I think it's more appropriate to say, growing to the next level. Because you don't just go places, you grow places. You have to grow into something. Because if you really did get there, you'd probably fall off the cliff not too long from now if you didn't grow there. Or like a rubber band, you'd go back to where you really are. All right, so um, I am um, actually... <laughs> Years ago, so I can say this, many, many years ago, when we were in the other building on North Avenue, where Enjoy Meets now, we owned that building for years. Um, when we were there, a gentleman came into my office for some advice, for some, uh, maybe it was more I called him into my office because I needed to talk to him. I can't remember exactly what it was. But this gentleman came into my office, and, and I could tell that he needed some of the things I'm telling you right now. He came in, and, and so I, yeah, I was a little immature back then. I mean, I was, what, a couple years in the ministry is all, and, and so I probably should have broke this down in the smaller bites. <laughs> but I just said, I said, you know what? I said, I called his name. I said, you just need to grow up. Oh, he did not like that. I think he wanted to punch me. But I was ready. <laughs> um, he didn't like that, and I probably should have broken that down into maybe a four or five minute discussion on how to grow spiritually and blah, 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 and all that. But I just kind of burned. I said, you need to grow up. He said, oh, I'm not going to hear that. He got him bolted out of the church. I bolted out of my office, left the church, left his wife. Kids went into some alternative. Well, one kid, I think, went into alternative lifestyle. And, and um, I just thought, I wish I would have said it better because... If he would have received that word, I think he could have avoided a lot of the things and problems that came into his life after that. Yeah. I'm thinking that's sad for a marriage to not work and for a child to go way off out in the left field. And, and it was just really sad to see that. But I knew that was his answer, but I probably should have shared it a little better. But nevertheless, I wish he would have received it because a lot of these things can be avoided by just growing up. People say, well, I'm just, I'm going to get a divorce because my spouse doesn't make me happy anymore. Well, other than feeling like slapping them, I at least like to say, just grow up and stop it. Act like an adult. Remember what you vowed. Endure hardness. A few more clicks, we're all out of here anyway. Make it to the end. Break the tape. Come on. What's another 30, 40 years with somebody who maybe isn't perfect? Anyway, now if anybody's gotten a divorce for things like that, no condemnation. That's in the past. It's not what you've done that's the big deal. It's what you do afterwards. Did you repent? Are you wanting to grow? It's okay. Everything's going to be all right. But sometimes you'd have to admit, I missed it. Um, so it's no mystery how to succeed. Grow into it. It's no mystery how to succeed. Grow into it. That's good. Right? Let me just give you a little side nugget here about setting goals. Can I, can I do that real quick? You and I, when, when, we, need to, we need to be setting goals. We need to have faith projects in our life on a regular basis. We need to never be stagnant in our faith. We should always be believing for something that we don't have yet. All right? And, and I, one thing I found about setting goals... This will really help you. Set goals that require you be more mature to reach them. 
Why? Because now you have to mature to reach them. And now you don't just get the goal, you become stronger, more mature in the process. Set goals that you can't reach right now unless you change. <laughs> this will help you change. And the more clearly defined your goal, the more it's like a stronger magnet pulling you toward the manifestation of it. So make your goals super clear. Set goals that require you become a better person to reach them. Now you're not just getting a thing. Now it's not just what you're getting, it's what you're becoming in the process. Well, I couldn't do that unless I was this. Well, be that and you'll see that. Set goals that require you become more mature to reach them. It would be sad to think that you're done with this process. It would be sad to think you couldn't grow into anything else beyond where you're at right now. That would be a kind of a sad life. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why some people do leave the earth maybe sooner than they, they could have, is they just have no reason to, to change and develop and grow into anything else. Come on, God. There's... there's we, we can be going like this our whole life. Now, our body may be leveling out a little bit, but on our insides, our soul, our mind, our dreams, our, our abilities, and our, we, we should be going like this. And let me tell you something we need to all declare, especially when the Spirit of God prompts you, but on a regular basis. You want to just say something with me right now concerning your mind and growing older? You want to say something? Say this. I, I will never, never have dementia. Say this, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound, well-balanced mind. Don't talk yourself into things that the world says happens when you get older. Remember we talked about last Sunday, in the beginning was the word. Well, you don't want to start something with words that ends wrong. You want to make sure that you're Words are producing good things in your life and not, not things that the world says you have to experience. Now, I know the Bible says the outward man's growing old, but the inward man's renewed day by day, and your soul's a part of the inward man. We can be bright and sharp all the days of our life, sharp as a tack. Our minds are not supposed to become senile when we grow old. That's a lie of the devil. People believe it, they've spoken it, and they see it because of spiritual law. You can use spiritual law for you or against you. Say this, I'm bright. I'll never, ever have Alzheimer's. Yeah, but your mom did, and your great-grandma did, and your dad did. It runs in the family. You put your foot down and say, I'm in a new family now. I'm in the family of God, and God doesn't have dementia. And neither do I, his child. The buck stops with me. You have to do these things. But it runs in my family. But you're in a new family. Let the family of God be more real to you than even your natural family. And you'll see yourself sailing out of these things that the world says, well, it has to happen, you know, because it ran in your family. No concern of mine. Doesn't mean you ignore. Doesn't mean you just, you know, disrespect the facts. But you look and say, you know what? That's a, that's a physical fact. But I have a spiritual truth that is stronger than this physical fact. And there may be a few things you want to do in the natural in some of these areas, but man, use your faith against that stuff. That's the most powerful thing you can do. So, did I say Galatians? Say this, don't give up. Grow up. Um, 
One of the things about maturing spiritually is answering the question, why? Why should I? Life's okay. Life's okay? After everything Jesus did for us, life is just okay? How many know there's a lot more than okay? A lot of people do not know how bad off they are because they do not know how good it can be. They've grown up in less than best. They've grown up with some depression. They've grown up with all these things, condemnation and guilt, and it just seems normal. When they see some, you and I, there is so much freedom we can tap into. And um, so why should we mature? Well, one reason is found right here in uh, Galatians chapter 4. Galatians 4. And look at verse 1 through 3. Here's, here's one, one out of many reasons. This is just one reason. Now, I want you to notice the wording here. Paul's writing to church people, just like us, Christians. He says, now, I want to tell you guys something. That the heir, y'all know what an heir is, right? Somebody who has an inheritance coming to him. A lot of really good things. He says, the heir, you know, let me tell you this. Okay, the heir, as long as this heir is a child... He's no different from a servant who has no inheritance, though legally this heir is Lord of all. Now let's just think about this for a second. And we know this in the natural. You're not going to give somebody the keys to a 2021 Porsche that's six years old. It may be their car. It may be rightfully theirs by inheritance. But they're not going to enjoy that car any more than a servant's going to enjoy that car because they're not old enough to enjoy it. They're not mature enough to enjoy it. Notice here, the heir, as long as he's, one translation says this, the heir, as long as he's childish, is no different from a servant who has no inheritance, even though the heir is legally Lord of all and owns the entire estate. He's not going to enjoy one bit of the inheritance until he or she grows up. Anybody interested in appropriating more of the inheritance that the Lord provided for us? More power, more anointing, huh? Higher levels of prosperity. All right, next verse. But this heir who's childish is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Next verse. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage. See, we're talking about deliverance through growing up. No more bondage through growing up. You following me here? Now what do you say here? Even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage. Under the elements of the world. So stop right there and let me read that to you out of a more modern translation. I don't know if our people will have this back there. It's the GNT. I think it's the Good News translation. I'll read it to you. So Paul said in this verse here, he said, In the same way... We too were slaves of the ruling spirits of the universe before we reached spiritual maturity. So Paul said, we, believers, in the same way, we too were slaves. You know, like the heir and the servant. We too were the same way, slaves to the ruling spirits of the universe before we reached spiritual maturity. Huh. Everybody say deliverance, deliverance. Through, growing up. through growing up. Say this, I, I am, growing stronger am growing stronger 
than the problem. So if we faint in the day of adversity because our strength is small, what's the answer? Get stronger. Get stronger. Right? Now I want to tell you one of the greatest things I've done in the last 37 years, 38 or 9 years since I've been a Christian, we've been married 37 years today. One of the things that we've adopted into our life over the last 37 years is we found a scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, 4. Paul said this, He that speaks in an unknown tongue builds himself up. The Greek translation is charges himself up like a battery. He that speaks in an unknown tongue gets stronger spiritually. And you and I both know, Carla, there are things that have come our way in the last 37 years. Wonderful marriage, but some episodes, you know, everybody's got chapters in their book you have to write, even though you don't like them, it's part of your life. But um, one of the reasons we are 37 years married today is because we have started, we started praying in tongues every day 37 years ago, and even before I married you, I did every day of our life. Why? Because he that speaks in an unknown tongue builds himself up supernaturally. You're more able to overcome temptations. You're more able to overcome fear. You're more able to overcome sin. You're more able to be restored if there have been mess ups. And me is the one that biggest mess up in our marriage has been me. But you can't get through that stuff without your without spiritual strength. You can't get through that without spiritual, supernatural strength on the inside. I mean, you can't even comprehend that kind of deliverance if you're not praying in the Spirit because you're all in the natural realm looking for man all the time. And, you know, it's supernatural to get through things like we've been through. And one of the number one reasons is we decided to pray in tongues. So, so let me say it again. So, so what is growing up spiritually? It's a choice to pray in tongues a lot. <laughs> Feed on the word a lot. Make church a part of your life. Uh, excuse me, make church your life, not just a part of your life. Make God your life, not just a part of your life. Well, God, I'll, okay, uh, I'm with you today, but, but over here, I'm going to go you know, do some things I know you don't want me to do, but no, it, it's way better to just make God your life, tap into fullness of joy, not all this he-he stuff, and really live your life. The devil is constantly trying to tell us that if we sell out to God, we won't like it. That's the devil. If you have feelings or thoughts or sensations that selling out to God is something you really won't like, those feelings, thoughts, and sensations are from demons. It is amazing to sell out to God, be involved with God's things, be involved in the church. It's absolutely amazing. All right, so I have to wrap it up here. It's a natural response. This is a natural response. And we should be living more supernaturally than this. But it's a natural response to shy away from hard and uncomfortable atmospheres. It's a spiritual response to stand strong and to grow through it. A lot of opportunities in these areas are opportunities to go to the next level. All right, you ready for a really wonderful scripture? Um, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. Wouldn't it be sad to think there's nothing more you could grow into? 
Wouldn't that be a drag to think I've topped out? How sad to think there's nothing more you can grow into. <laughs> that would be a, a sad life. 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to talk about a word you're going to have to start liking more if you want to grow up spiritually. I already mentioned it earlier. It's the S word. <laughs> All right, 1 Peter 5.10. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Come back to that thought. We don't, now the word, the word perfect means mature, all right? After you've suffered a while, he'll make you mature, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Now come back to this thought. We don't mature just be, by reason of time. We mature by reason of endurance, suffering. Yeah. Going directions we don't feel like going. Accepting God's will when we want to do something else. Walking in love towards somebody who just cussed you out and called you everything but a lovely person. You following me? Yep. So where does this maturity come from? What's it on the other side of? Thank you, my brave soul. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's this maturity on the other side of? Now do you know why there's a lot of babies in the church? I'm not saying this church. I'm just saying in general. Now do you know why a lot of people have not developed spiritually? Now do you know why a lot of people have a hard time staying committed or have a hard time following the voice of God or you know, going when God says go or staying when God says stay? Do you know why? You know why? Because they don't like the suffering part. Okay, so let me, let me share this with you. A good friend of ours, Dave Dwell, who's in heaven now. We've had him at our church many times. He actually helped ordain me into the ministry. He said that he was talking to some rich businessmen and some people that were very, very successful. He, he, he got to talk to Yasser Arafat. I mean, he got to minister to him and all his soldiers and all. And, but he said, in his research, he said, I found out through all the wealthy people that he could get in contact with, they asked all these wealthy people, what's the number one common denominator is why you are all wealthy? They asked each one individually. And when it all came right down to it, all these successful wealthy people said this as the number one reason why they're wealthy today. Number one, it's all about willingness to bear pain. Willingness to bear pain. I have a book. I gave it to all of our staff, and um, I, probably I gave out 10 or 12 of them to our staff and some leaders, maybe even more, maybe more like 20 or so. And it's a book called No Excuses. It's all about self-discipline. Super great book. Um, the more I read this book, the more I realized, wow, it's not the talented that become wealthy and successful. It's the disciplined that become wealthy and successful. I tell you, I have heard, seen, and been around ideas that are actually multi-billion dollar ideas. And it went nowhere. And then I've seen ideas that were okay made millions because the people that had them were disciplined. They, they learned some things about willingness to bear pain and about one foot in front of the other. And w w what, what do you do when inspiration leaves? 
Because a lot of people are really good under inspiration, you know, really good at, oh man, I'm inspired to do that. What do you do when inspiration leaves? Answer, same thing you did when it was there. Yep. <laughs> Profound answer, right? What to, I think, I'm going to write this amazing book. What to do when inspiration leaves will be the shortest book on the market. One page, big letters. Do the same thing you did when inspiration was there when it's not there. End of book. <laughs> we think we can sell for 20 bucks? So 1 Peter 5, we'll close with this. Read it one more time. This is one more word you're gonna, we're going to have to have more respect for. The God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that you've suffered a while, he'll make you mature, complete, perfect, established, strengthen, and settle you. That's awesome. Do you all realize that when it comes to promotions in life, because the Bible says promotion comes from the Lord, he should be the one we're, we're wanting to please more than anybody. Work hard for your boss. Be faithful. Be on time. Set the example. Come early. Stay late. Never talk bad about the corporation you're working for. That is such immaturity to talk bad about somebody who's giving you your paycheck. But um, do you realize that character is what precedes promotion, not charisma. You know what charisma is? Uh, uh, inspirational gift on your life. Uh, just something that you're, you're inspired and gifted to do. Well, I've seen a lot of gifted people not go very far. But really, if you think about it, character precedes promotion in God's eyes, not charisma. I remember one time, I'll close with a story. I remember one time in our church, we, um, you know, we, we've seen a lot of things in the last 30 for almost 35 years of pastoring full time. And I remember one time we had somebody in our church actually on staff many, many years ago, um, put them in an influential position in the church and they became very influential. And then one day they got mad at something. I think they got mad because I drove a Corvette. I think that's what it was. Probably the thing that broke the straw that broke the camel's back. I, Pastor drove a Cor Corvette. Can you think of such a blasphemous thing? <laughs> Why can't a pastor drive a Corvette? It's just, as, it's just as like any other car, just shaped a little different. But anyway, they didn't like it very much. They thought, well, pastors should never drive a Corvette. They didn't know that I got it from Keith Moore. I mean, they, you don't want to judge people for having stuff. What if, it was, what if they inherited it? Well, they should have bought something else. That Maybe they didn't buy it. Besides, what would be right for a pastor to drive? A Lexus? A used Mercedes? A Toyota? Come on, who, who gets to draw the line? A Ford? A Volkswagen? A Datsun? <laughs> uh, where do you draw the line? A scooter? A bike? Skateboard? Or should he just walk? And what kind of shoes should he or shouldn't he have? Who gets to draw these lines? You know, I was thinking about that one day because there's been people that have been upset at preaching some of the us that preach prosperity and, and God's not opposed to you being wealthy. He's opposed to you being covetous. Some people just don't like to hear money talk, I guess. I don't know why. They're, they, they, it's such a big part of all of our lives, but um, what was I going to say? I better quit. I'll go back, listen to the CD. I got off track there. So let's stand up, church. <laughs> let's stand up. Oh, wasn't I going to, I was going to mention something about, um, 
Yes, let, let me, you stand up. Go ahead and stand up. But let me finish the story at least. So this person um, didn't really like that we had a Corvette and got kind of upset at other things in the church. And I think they're having some problems with the teaching. It's usually one little offense leads to other offense, leads to other offense. Pretty soon, you know, they're just offense-minded and uh, couldn't do anything right. And so they left the church. And I remember I felt like the Lord says, son, there's, there's some people in this church that are attached to this couple that is leaving. And as a shepherd, I want you to say something to the congregation. Because this couple had left and there was people thinking about leaving because they left. And I remember getting on the platform in the old church down there in North Dallas. I remember getting on the platform and I said, everybody, I just said, I have a word for you. I said, and I didn't call anybody's names, didn't mention any situation. I said, I said, the, the Lord revealed to me to say to you tonight, be cautious about following charismatic personalities. He said, follow character. Don't just follow somebody because they're an amazing speaker. Don't just follow somebody because they have an ability to sing. Don't just follow somebody because they have this spark in their personality. Make sure that you keep your eyes on Jesus more than a charismatic personality. Now, if a leader has a charismatic personality, follow them as they follow the Lord. Glean, receive feeding, and receive help. But you have to watch out sometimes because people will get attached to charismatic personalities and actually leave their divine place. This is a trait of a very, very young Christian. They're more prone to follow charisma than character. They're more prone to follow the exciting instead of the solid. And you have to watch out about that. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab. 